The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. But right now, let's open our Bibles to the book of uh, Psalms. Psalm chapter 107. Psalm chapter 107, as uh, we believe David wrote this chapter and kind of giving another praise. He's been kind of using these passages to talk about some of the history of Israel. And we'll see a little bit of correlation. This chapter, at least from our perspective, is unique because we can see the obvious nature in this passage that is being referenced to Israel and their history and some of the battles they went through and some of the reasons they did. But it's off, obviously, a passage of application. It was meant that way when it's written. It's easy to be meant today that it wasn't just limited to Israel, that this is an application that reaches out to all people who would find themselves in a similar situation. Now, for, I want to clarify one thing. I, I am not of the belief that uh, some people believe that Israel was Old Testament and then in the New Testament we have the church age. The church is kind of the fulfillment of Israel. The church is Israel in the New Testament with all of its promises. I do not believe that. I believe the Old Testament Israel is that. There's this break in time. We have the, the New Testament church and all of God's promises that are coming are, for Israel are still coming. They're coming in the future as we look forward to fulfilled prophecy. And then there's this break in time, uh, the age of grace, the age of the church, whatever you want to call it, the New Testament church where we find ourselves right now. But there's some great application in here where uh, truly it's for just for the individual. So let's start, uh, and these first two verses are just, I think, so powerful in the year of worship and the reason for worship. And so Psalm 107, verse 1, he says, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. He has started several chapters just like that. Give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good and his mercy endureth forever. You know, I think that's something we can focus just heavily on. And we said this many times, he is not good because he does good things. He does good things because he is good. Simply put, we give thanks to God, we worship God, we praise God because he is good. And it's simply the reason we do it. And so we, we thank him because his goodness, of his grace, that his mercy uh, endureth forever, that what he, the mercy he offers to us is not temporary. Uh, we can't do anything more to earn more of it. We can't do anything to make ourselves unavailable to it. His mercy is available forever, uh, which means for salvation. You know, I, I can't be bad enough to lo- walk away from the mercy and love of God. If I've been saved, I have been saved. His mercy is there forever. Uh, you say, I don't, you don't know my past. I don't know if I can come in salvation. God's mercy endures forever. His salvation is offered to everyone. So we give thanks unto the Lord. And I, even as I was praying this morning, one of the important things to do is take time and praise, thanking the Lord for His goodness. You see, when I, when I take time in my personal walk with God to thank the Lord for His goodness, it reminds me of His goodness. It reminds me of His sovereignty. It reminds me of His power. It reminds me that He loves me and that his goodness will be seen in my life, that he desires to not only people know he's good, but that his goodness is seen in the lives of his family, lives of, of those of us who follow him, who've put our faith in him. So he starts off as he has in many of these sections, give thanks unto the Lord for he is good. His mercy endureth forever. Then he says something obviously unique to a very specific group of people. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Obviously the redeemed of the Lord, any of those who have put their faith in Jesus and have been redeemed from their old life. You know, obviously this is reference to the Old Testament who placed their faith in Jehovah God. New Testament is we place our faith in Jesus. 
And uh, in the Old Testament, they look forward to the day that, that the Messiah would come and, and die upon the cross for their sins. That's what the, uh, sacrifice, the sacrificial animals were in the Old Testament. Today, we look back to the cross, the center of all, that, of all of our belief system is right there at the cross, what Jesus did. He says, but let the redeemed of the Lord say, so that is us. If you have placed your faith in Jesus and you trust in him, you are the redeemed of the Lord. So let those who are redeemed unashamedly proclaim their redemption. Say so, whom he hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Who's the enemy? Well, the picture in this chapter obviously references Egypt and as they're leaving the wilderness, we'll read here in a minute, and uh, as they were freed out to go back to the land that God had promised them. For us, the enemy is Satan. He, you know, before we're saved, you know, really there's not, a, you know, people say, well, I'm a f- follower of God, I- I'm in the family of Satan, or I'm kind of on my own in the middle. There is no my own in the middle. I'm either a family of Satan on the way to hell, which is the way I'm born, or I am in the family of God on the way to heaven, which comes through redemption, comes through salvation. So that question I would have is, where are you on those? Are you part of the redeemed? Where you've recognized your need as a sinner, you've recognized Jesus as the Messiah, as, your, as the Savior, and you've called upon him, repented of your sin, and asked him to save you. Have you done that? It's free. It's something that God offers to everybody. It's not something you can earn, he says in Titus, not by works which we have done. But according to his mercy, he saved us. That is the redemption. Redemption is him offering us something we cannot earn, grace, redemption through Jesus Christ and the blood he shed upon the cross. So he says, let all of us, those who have been redeemed, say so, who have been redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Then he continues in verse 3, and gather them out of the lands from the east and from the west and from the north and from the south. And obviously in Israel, there were many times of captivity. And he says he would have brought them out of captivity back to the promised land. They wandered in the wilderness in a solitary way. They found no city to dwell in. And fortunately, you remember Israel had come to the Jordan River. They come to see the promised land, but because they believe the, the uh, kind of the carnality, if you want to use that term, of the 10 spies who were afraid to go over, they didn't go over. They didn't listen to Joshua and Caleb, the two good spies, and then they wandered without a city. Why? Because the prom- they refused to trust God to go into the promised land. And since they refused to trust God to go into the promised land, uh, then that city was no longer available to them. We know that actually um, only three people who had been there um, would make it through. Actually, only two of them. You know, Moses wasn't even allowed to go in. So all of the people who were there that day, and the t- ten tribes, ten spies said, go, or said don't, and two spies said stay, the only two that were able to actually cross over 40 years later were Joshua and Caleb. Everyone else died in the wilderness. They had no city. Now, here's what he's talking about. He's, you know, when we come to the practical application, God has gathered us from every part of the world. There's not one place that God pulls from more. He's not a respecter of persons. From every place, from every background, from everywhere we come, that's who God would pull us from. He calls you from every place. Does it make a difference? And the unique thing about the way we can do this on the internet is anybody across the world, pretty much, who has access to the internet can see this. God is calling you. You don't have to be local to a particular type of church or any church. You can call God from wherever you are because he pulls from everywhere and calls you. And that's what we hope you'll put, you put your, if you, if you hear this from whenever this reaches, that's what God, if you've not called on him, that's what he's calling for you right now. That he desires you to recognize us and call upon him. He continues to describe them in verse 5. He says, hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted in them. Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them out of their distresses. And he led them forth by the right way, and they might go to the city of a habitation. 
Oh, that, then, oh, um, oh, that men would praise the Lord for His goodness and His wonderful works to the children of men. That's, you know, honestly, we, we can find ourselves in a simple practically, uh, practical applications. We're empty. We're hungry. Uh, we feel like, you know, I'm going to use all the things of the world to fill that void in my life that seems to leave me empty and I can't seem to find the answer. Well, because the answer is not found in anything this world can offer. While there are some fun things to do and enjoyable things to do, true fulfillment is not going to be found in finances, is not going to be found in material possessions and positions at work, uh, in, in, in the nice things you can purchase, no matter, you know, nothing like that. His fulfillment, because the void that lives inside of us is a void that needs Him. The fulfillment doesn't even come through religion. Religion itself is man-made institution where I have to do all these good things to be good enough to be accepted by God. That is not at all what he's referencing. Fulfillment simply comes from a relationship with Jesus. And that's what he, that's what he talks about. We can wander empty. It's not until we recognize our need for God and call out to him that he will fulfill us. Oh, that men would praise his wondrous works. Here's what I'm going to finish with this idea. Verse 9, for he satisfieth the longing soul and filleth the hungry soul with goodness. Notice he satisfieth the longing soul. He filleth. There's nothing in the world that can do what he claimed we will enjoy in verse 9. It just cannot happen. See, Israel often would reach out to the world and follow the world's religious thinking and all those things. And, and it was easy to, for them because they just, easy to find themselves empty because they wouldn't, there were just times, often usually generations after God's great work, they wanted to follow the world. They wanted to be like the world. And so because of that, they lost uh, God's great blessing, many times found themselves in captivity as a result of it because they just refused to follow what God had. In today's day and age, what happens is, is we follow everything the world tells us is going to bring fulfillment. And there may be a religious background or something that happened that has hurt us, and we say, I, I don't know if I want that, and we miss. It's got nothing to do with it. It has everything to do with Jesus, and so we run empty looking for an answer, and the answer is simply Jesus. He is the one that fills that longing. And that, that true relationship with Jesus, he, he, he fills something that nothing else in this world, including religion, can ever offer and can ever give us. And I would hope today that if somehow, first of all, if you've never called upon Jesus for salvation, that today you would do that. If you've got questions on that, you can look us up online at bensalembaptist.org, call us here at the office. I would love the opportunity to talk to you about that. Maybe as a Christian, you say, I'm struggling. And sometimes we do because we, we, we've got Jesus and everything's not working the way we want. So we kind of go back to following after the things of the world. Let, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Let's come back and just keep our focus on him and allow him to be that center. Allow him to be that strength in the midst of times that don't always make sense. May you find your fulfillment in him. And, if you, and may you find your strength in him. And the word of God is the place to find him. And so I commend you to be here in a place like this. We look into the word of God. I tell you, I hope this is an encouragement. I hope it inspires you. If you've got questions, we'd love to talk to you about it. hope you'll stay, keep seeking. I truly believe that those who seek Jesus will find him. I really believe that. And if you keep seeking, the truth will be there. And Jesus will open your eyes to the truth. And the truth is not, again, a religion or church. The, church is, the truth is in, in Jesus. And then once we find Jesus, then we understand the need of church and all that comes with it.